0: a special message from this month's presenting sponsor. Learn about Baltimore's rich industrial legacy through working galleries that explore the history of the Bethlehem steel mill, an antique print shop, a garment loft, and more at the Baltimore Museum of Industry. The BMI, hours and information at thebmi.org. Also, use the code TRUTH50, that is TRUTH50, my special code, and get 50% off of admission at the front desk or use it when purchasing the tickets online. So please visit thebmi.org and make that trip today. Welcome to The Truth In Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, the great Rob Lee. Not the regular (laughs) Rob Lee, but the great Rob Lee. Uh, Today, I am doing another in-person interview. I have the privilege of uh, chatting and being in conversation with the conductor of an amazing orchestra of team members working together to help keep downtown clean safe and vibrant president of the downtown partnership of baltimore founder and president and ceo of graybo a marketing and production company please welcome shalonda stokes welcome to the podcast
1: Woo-hoo, cute applause yay no <laughs> thank you for having me
0: i like how christian knows it, <laughs> it, does, it does it does
1: it does right
0: so yeah thank you for having the time and it's just see I have a few doubles I don't have as many as you but I got a few (laughs) I got a few um so I want to start off I gave the literal copy and paste this was off the internet okay know, everyone knows everything on the internet is 100% it's
1: also true yes
0: so could you introduce yourself and give us those vital stats really give us that background and ultimately what brought you into this this role that you're currently in
1: thank you absolutely um and I appreciate the opportunity to share um I am Baltimore born and bred and I say that with a sense of pride not that there haven't been challenges along the way but you know I look at our city and our people as like those roses that grow through concrete quite often and so I had you know one of those types of beginnings like so many in Baltimore single mom trying to raise me um, you know just poverty all of those things that we went through and Rob, that became a part of my why And so I knew, you know, although we didn't have a lot of people in our neighborhood who looked like us, who were doing well, there were some, and some people kind of reached back and helped. And so, you know, to kind of go fast forward through a number of things through my childhood, I came out and I went to one of the best high schools in the city. No comment from you, Baltimore Polytechnic, whoop, whoop, big up to my (laughs) poly fam. And, and, and And I had a love of engineering, and I had a love of problem solving, and Took a, you know, college experience through Virginia Tech and ultimately to Morgan State University. Mm-hmm. Woo, woo. Okay, we get, we get a little whoop from Morgan where I have, you know, a degree in electrical engineering. Building on that problem solving. And so, you know, coming out of Morgan, we were heavily recruited. It was phenomenal. And so, all of the IBMs, the HP, and I ended up going with Hewlett Packard. Yeah. and. Went there, and it's funny. I'm, a, I'm a, you know, a little aside. When I first got that job, and this is, you know, on my mom's side, one of the first to graduate from college. And I got a job, and they were—they offered me forty thousand dollars a year. You couldn't tell me, <laughs> boom,
0: right? I mean, the
1: reality was, and for my family, we're all, you know, vibing with that. And I worked there for a number of years, and grew it. And by the time I left, you know, I was making eighty thousand. I had a company car, and I'm still young twenties. You'd say what? You know, with all of that. But but a part of what happened also is I understood really how, how money worked, how deals were made. And although I was making $80,000 at that point in time, my quota for that organization was $10 million. Mm-hmm. And so part of what, you know what, you start doing the math. Well, if I have my own and if we could do, and that, you know, and you start doing that, if I could just do 10% of that, yeah. that's a million. So so part of it is we shift and, you know, have business partners, and now we have Grabo as a company. And that is a media company. And we can tell stories and change narratives and paint pictures, and it's an amazing ride um, from that company. And then, you know, i um, at Greybo, I'm the, you know, getting on boards and I'm getting involved cuz I love this city. I love this city. And and I'm on this board of Downtown Partnership and I'm the chair and now I'm the chair of the board of Downtown Partnership. This is before, you know, being here. I'm president and CEO of Greybo. I'm the chair of the board for Downtown Partnership. I'm doing it and the CEO who was here previously who, you know, we had a great relationship. He's like he had, an, he had an opportunity to go to another job and he wanted to take it and we're excited for him. And yeah. as the chair of the board, I'm gonna hire his replacement. And we start a search because yeah. we're gonna get that person who loves this city, this person who's committed to downtown and COVID happened. And when COVID happened, I think for all of us, life shifted. And we didn't know because early on, we thought it was gonna be what? Two weeks, maybe two months. There was no <laughs> way it could last through the summer, right? right? Mm-hmm. Because it can't withstand heat. and. And it did, and throughout that time, we went through a process, and we had interview candidates in the pike, but, but we needed somebody to step in on an interim basis because there was no way you could hire somebody from Zoom. Like, how could you do that, you know? <laughs> and fast forward, I came in on an interim basis at Downtown Partnership, and Rob, I fell in love yeah. with this organization. I fell in love with the city in a new way, with the team who was here, and I saw the impact and access that we had and a difference that we could make, not just for downtown, but for our entire city. And it's two years later almost, (laughs) and and I'm here and I I love it, you know? And that's sort of the Cliff Notes version of how I got here.
0: Thank thank you for walking us through it. Um, And it's great to to hear that. And um, I think going through that process of being able to see the city that you're from and that you've Mm -hmm. lived in for a very long time in a different and new way, That's what doing this podcast has afforded me the opportunity to do. I can
1: believe it.
0: And, uh, you know, the problem-solving thing, I'm very... So I I went to Morgan as well,
1: and... uh, (laughs) That was one of your brighter decisions. Uh, uh, let's, <laughs> we, we won't talk about the let, mistakes let, you made. Alone. Let, no, I'm let's just be, Let's be civil here. Let's oh, okay, be civil. Okay, okay. Uh, but uh,
0: <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where I was going there with this idea that I was going to go into engineering. Yeah. And I went to the business school and, you know, still one of the more illustrious sides of, of, of Morgan. And just learning so many different things from that and coming out yeah. with that $45,000 a year job. E-
1: exactly. Give, give it to me. That, I mean, that was saying something. Yeah.
0: And, you know, being one of the, maybe maybe the first actually to come from my family and, and go through the whole process. And I was on one. I was just like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to be doing this, going to be doing right. that. And, you know, realizing at a point at like 24 that I was just burnt out. Wow. And I was like, I'm not feeling, because I was doing marketing. Marketing. Okay. I was like, I'm not feeling fulfilled creatively. Okay. I was doing marketing analytics.
1: Different. So, yeah. very
0: different. And every time there was an opportunity to do something corny, but kind of creative. Like,
1: you were on it.
0: Yeah. So, if it was <laughs> like, it's so corny. Um, it was like 2007. Uh, I feel like maybe Soldier Boy just came out and I was doing some marketing thing. And I mm-hmm. had like the glasses on and it had like Verizon on there. And I was okay. like, I don't want to look at these pictures ever again. <laughs> And, um, <laughs> but we were doing like sales and just different things to yeah. kind of rally the team. And at a point I was like, you know, moving up really quickly. It wasn't quite at 80, but I was, you know, up like about, about 70 and really thinking of like, is this worth it? And I got it to, yep. I start thinking of things. What is the most ideal version of this? I was not commuting down to DC anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. I was
0: right there at Hunt Valley. I was, I would hop on a train I and mean, yep. the light rail from Towson up to Hunt Valley and then just kind of, you know, max yeah. for the rest of the day. But it didn't fit. It didn't fit for me anymore. And um, kind of shifted and moved into the career path that I'm in now. But during that time of kind of learning, like I'm not feeling creatively satisfied, mm-hmm. that's when podcasting started for me.
1: That's a beautiful thing. Yes. And now you're satisfied and you're doing it because I listen <laughs> and you're doing a phenomenal job. Well, thank so you. thank you for sharing the stories.
0: Thank you. Uh, so, this is one of the things, obviously. You know, engineering. Mm-hmm. <coughs> uh, I, so I read that you're an adept problem solver, or you have those abilities, and you, you know, went to that other school, mm-hmm. and then to the illustrious Morgan State University, earning a degree in electrical engineering. How did your background working um, like in marketing and your work yeah. in engineering kind of like put you in a unique spot to be at the downtown partnership?
1: I, thank you. I think so. So at the core, I think problem solving for any job. Positions you well, and and people. Even when I was applying for the job at Downtown Partnership, I remember one of the questions, like, you're an engineer, like, like why here, um, like what do you know? How do you apply those skill sets? And that that to me is a baseline. No matter what the challenge is. I believe it's solvable, right, and some is time and money and people and and all of those things. do we have the ingredients, the political will the boldness to to solve them yeah that's a different question but but can they be solved? I believe for the most part yes, and so I think that gave the basis for for you know me coming into this role. the second part, the marketing piece that you talk about to me that gives this little sauce to it yeah it it is the glass for me is always going to be half full. That's the lens that I choose you know, to, to, to use when I'm telling these things. And what marketing allows me to do and having that background too, is pull the necessary pieces to tell the story in a way that you start to see and feel the city and love the city yeah. in the way that I feel you should because I'm giving you stuff that I know you care about. Marketing allows me to say, okay, we're not monolithic as people, but for the family, this is what you might enjoy. For the, you know, single person, for, you know, the student, whatever. And so those things helped, I think, give me a unique ability to both be practical about there's things that we need to fix and do and solve to get our city to that even higher height. But at the same time, we need to tell the good news, and and that's what I'm able to do both.
0: That's that's great, and I I love hearing that because... I I, I want to be an evangelist, you know, for, like, Baltimore. I
1: want you to be, right? (laughs)
0: You you go to these other cities, and you definitely, you know, see it loud and proud, the identity of a place. And I feel like there's this kind of... The shift back and forth there's different classes of people of a certain age are right. like this is baltimore and then other people are like well i feel like it's this now right but is it and you know you can go to a starbucks right and go to a starbucks in new orleans you're going to see the the crescent whatever you're right, going to see right, this. right. you're going to get chicory coffee the whole thing that is. and you i want that here and i want that to be loud and proud and having a a you know, place like Downtown Partnership is really doing that and having that baked into what's there and having someone such as yourself in that role that is a person that loves Baltimore that's from here.
1: Yes, yes, It, it has yes.
0: to be at the root, it has to be baked in. It
1: has to be at the root. And the other part that it has to include is, is great partners and great leaders. We have now a mayor who is excited about and from the city in such a way that he's willing to celebrate and share and make sure there's room at the table for everybody. We have partners like Visit Baltimore and Waterfront Partnership yeah. and BOPA and you know all of these other entities that we're working together in ways that we hadn't because we want to make sure that everybody is getting served, you know, information and in, in process and programming for them.
0: Absolutely. So you're also an East, East Baltimore native.
1: Yes. Same as me. East same side. As me. Yeah,
0: you know, <laughs> over there, Collington. Uh, you, yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, gang. Um, So tell me about your experiences growing up in East Baltimore and what do people outside of Baltimore not truly get about the city?
1: Right, so it's it's so funny because Baltimore is truly a city of neighborhoods. I mean, every, and and as a child, because of, you know, the sort of poverty piece of it, we were very transient as a family. And so I went to multiple elementary schools. I did, you know, you, you, you get a little bit of a mix. So you get to see so many of these different neighborhoods. And so as a child, I mean, depending on where I lived, my experience was totally different, right? The beauty of it though, we were poor, but I didn't even know that we were poor because no matter where, we still, I mean, we enjoyed the things that are Baltimore, the lemon sticks, the snowballs, the crabs, the, you know, being outside playing, whether it was the fire hydrant or a pool, you know what I mean? It was figuring out all of those things. So I, I really had a good childhood. I did, and that was at a point in our history, and this is where I look forward to us getting back, where we had officer-friendly, mm-hmm. right? We, we, you know, the dynamics that exist and some of the stuff that happened, you know, it, it, it is, it, some of it is just an awakening, right, and not knowing all that existed. But when you're younger, some of that stuff you're so naive to or just mm-hmm. you don't, you know, you're not paying as much attention or tuned in in that way, and I had the benefit of that. Where I see some of our you know now don't don't have the benefit of that, and their realities are there, and so for us right now it's about championing a city where that's our reality
0: yes um i like it's it's a similar thing there's there's you know the experience I had Lafayette projects back in the day. Okay, so that sets the stage. You it
1: know. is. It does. It does.
0: Trips to Old Town Mall to get ice cream with my dad, and going there way too late to get Chinese food with my mom, and it's just like
1: yep. eh, I feel like there's some,
0: some questionable parenting going on here, <laughs> but. I, I, I started this, uh, this series uh, earlier this year about movies that were filmed in Baltimore. Okay. And one of the memories I have is Crystal. But again, suspect parenting. Uh, <laughs> I just remember my dad getting my brother and I up. We were both in elementary school. So okay. this is like maybe 93. And it's like, yo, they're filming a movie across the street. It was Meteor Man.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So they takes us over there. It's 11 o'clock. I'm eight. So I was like, this because something's wrong here, but we're seeing a Superman, a a superhero, what have you, and having that experience, but literally living in the projects, but having all the stuff that we wanted and having those parents around and not, as, a, as an adult now, not even looking at it like we were poor Ow. or it was bad. Just looking at it like this is what's the thing. This was what it was uh, growing up for me. But having the snowballs, what have you? hey custard, uh,
1: <laughs> get, getting
0: getting pizza bowl or have you? Um, like on Fridays, it was like this is right. what we were doing. It's just
1: what you exactly. It's what you did here, and that's. I mean, I can't imagine my life being different and not having those experiences that That's what we want everybody to feel and experience.
0: So kind of dovetailing on that that previous question, I, I think we have a a sense of what makes Baltimore great I mean, I'm over here camping mm-hmm. for Baltimore because that's what I do. Right. But um, what are you truly excited for that's like on the forefront that's coming? Because I feel like there's always things in development that yeah. are like popping up soon. Like, you know, since this podcast is really focused and centered in arts and culture, there's a lot that happens there's a lot. in that respect. But from your vantage point, what are you truly like really excited for?
1: Oh my God, I have so many things I'm excited for. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm centering it around downtown just because because this is a part of where I am right now. But there are a few initiatives that we have and upcoming things that I know just are sexy for downtown. Today, you know, I'm just coming off of an announcement. We announced that we're bringing the fireworks back downtown. That is exciting because after two, it's been gone for two years. And after two years, our city, this is the place where equity happens. You know, we're transit connected. People come down, whether you want to, Pay and sit at a restaurant, or just bring your lunch and sit on a hill. Yeah. it's for everybody, and we, you know, we're gonna have this, the um, Baltimore Symphony Orchestra is gonna curate music to the fireworks, and you know, we have waterfront is gonna activate the promenade. So there are different things that are happening. That's exciting because it gets people down here, and in, in a way that once we are together and connected, you know, that's where the exciting things happen. We're also doing some series. It's called Baltimore by Baltimore for the first Saturday of every month we have we've hired a producer who will curate an entire show and these are a lot of minority producers who are really going to show us in the amphitheater what Baltimore is about so we want to bring that we have a program also called boost where we're bringing black owned businesses into downtown Helping seed them with fifty thousand dollars plus a build out of their space, and you know, what I mean, just it's it's all of this stuff that we want to make sure that we're able to do. And I don't know, from an art perspective, if you follow. we just had approved last week five additional billboards. So we're bringing digital billboards nice. downtown, which is a big boop boop deal <laughs> um, because what it does, we've we've been able to do some things with the media partners where we can create and carve out you know, up to 20% of that time for nonprofits to showcase their work and have it, but also for art components. And so we're making sure that artists are paid and their artwork is featured. And we have an advisory panel. We're talking about doing things like, imagine on Fridays you come downtown and you get to see an international or local art show or a mix of that's us, yeah. and that's how we get to showcase. So, I mean, those are just a sum of, I have so many things mm-hmm. that I'm excited about.
0: That's that's wonderful, and I think, with, from, from the arts and culture perspective, really, you know, making use and supporting and just, like, lifting up that, you know, we have this uh, creative economy here. We're having
1: a creative economy.
0: And it's very thick. You know, like, if an economy was like, it's not diluted Kool-Aid, no, that makes no, sense. No, no, it's, no, no, I know. It's syrup, it's syrup. It is,
1: it is. I like that sugar in there, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So, uh, now let, let's let's shift a little bit to mm-hmm. to this one. Tell me about obstacles. How do you approach them? And what is one obstacle that comes to mind that's been pretty like impactful in your career or what have you? Like I I remember this. This is gonna be this is okay. definitely something I got from Morgan, but it was a uh, a George Fraser uh, comment, and, and he said, "Oh, obstacles, I eat those like vitamins. He said you gotta have one every day. You gotta have something new you're getting past right. every day." So so tell me about that.
1: So it, it's, it's interesting, in a similar fashion, and, and I have a ton of obstacles, I think I want to give you how I look at them first, sure. and this is just in terms of sort of upbringing and experience. If we are not failing daily, we're not stretching, yep. right? And so to me, every day, I should it should be something that I'm willing to try to overcome, surmount, like... In that, and it should be planned in my day. And if that's what we're considering obstacles, because it is, I, there are some things that are in there, then the, the way I approach them is I start with the end in mind. It is ultimately, you know, and, I, and I'll give an example of some things that happened. I mean, we recently did um, Preakness. We worked on that, which was such an exciting thing. This was the first year um, with Kevin Lyles and other things that we were able to bring a level of culture yeah. there, from Derek Adams and the artwork that he yeah. had on stage to the culinary on stage to having black businesses represented in our infield. What the the consistent message was you have never saw that much diversity, a mix of people at Preakness who were at all levels and it was great. Yeah. But the time was short to make that happen. Mm -hmm. And there were some things like, even for our restaurants had no idea, like Friday had never really been programmed. So you're trying to educate people on a day, Mm -hmm. get them out and all of that. And when you talk about obstacles being the the time, you you know what I mean? It's just, we didn't have enough time to do some of the messaging. We had no idea how many people. And so how do you tell these minority businesses to how much to staff up for or not? And you know, they had, you know, people who were working with them. But not everything went 100% as planned. And so for all of those things, I think you, at the end of the day, we wanna make sure everybody is as whole as they can be, that we're communicating as effectively as we can, and that we definitely don't do the same thing. So any way that we can, you know, within the means of whatever they're doing, figure out how to make it right, we need to do that. If not, we need to figure out that we don't make that same mistake again. And that's how I approach all of these things there are a ton i'm black i'm a female i'm left handed right all of those things when you go try and get some golf clubs as a left hander all of those things are things right right, or scissors you know what I've been trained to cut right but that's a whole different thing, but the reality is we have a ton of them yeah. we have a ton of obstacles, either you know physical emotional mental. Planned, man, and and I think it's incumbent upon us at this point in time to figure out how do we lock arms with other people so that we can get out of it. How do we lift up, give back? Yeah. it's all of that working together.
0: No, that's 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 huge, and you know, I think being able to I like the way you described it. it it's it's like a stretch. Uh, I when you were de- you're describing like obstacles, I immediately thought of going to the gym. You mm-hmm. lift weights until you fail, and then you get stronger. So. I look at doing this as we're here, you know, like maybe a year ago, I wouldn't be able to have this set up. I had to learn this. And the obstacle was, how am I going to get my gear in this (laughs) space that's heavy? So let me learn. Let me do some research. Let me have a podcast uh, not get recorded and have that embarrassment that comes along with that. And now let's figure out. Yeah. hmm, Make sure you have a backup flash drive. Make sure you have batteries. Make sure you have a cable, uh, lavalier mics, things of that nature. That is nature. so true. And you you learn different ways to do it. And I, I remember it was one time it was actually in studio. I had um I, I had uh, I was a guest on. It was the second time we were trying to get the recording. Uh, we recorded the first time in his space just acoustically wasn't good. So we did it at a studio. Mm-hmm. But my gear uh, it was something wrong with the mics. So I was like, I need to bring an extra mic. And it was just, yeah. but ultimately I figured something out. I was MacGyver with, with this Uh-oh. gear. I figured it out. I was like, I take this. Like, I'm going to get sound out of this. And, and that's really what it was. But it comes Figure through it that, that failing. You know, it comes through yeah. not having something recorded or captured. Like, man, I am right. mad about this. Right. But I think anger, or let's use anger for an example, is, is the opportunity is energy for change. And at the root of it. And that's, that's really where this podcast comes out of. Okay. It's like, you know, people taking really weird shots at Baltimore. I'm tight about it. Not a bunch of four-letter words, but right. let's, let's disprove it. Yep, yep. And that's really where it comes from. And so um, I got two more real questions, and then okay. we got those rapid-fire questions. Uh-oh. You're not going anywhere. I'm scared
1: of the rapid-fire. You're not going anywhere,
0: engineer, <laughs> pirate. <laughs> okay. Pirate, 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 poly, pirate, Yeah. Uh, so I, I read that toxic work culture is one of the biggest factors, like, driving the great resignation, and it's something that's, like, around us at all times, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me about how, like, the downtown partnership is, uh, like, how it works to ensure, like, a great office culture, because I think that's something that people need to really learn from, and if anything... I think this podcast not only lets people tell their story, share their story, but also is drop a few gems here. Right, right, right. How do you ensure, like, you know, a great office culture? Because we're in here. People are smiling, tap dancing, top (laughs) (laughs) knots.
1: It is. And it's it's a process. I think part of what you started off with, even in the intro piece, the great resignation is real. And there are a number of reasons people are doing it. COVID and the impact of COVID has a number of people who either had mental illness or developed mental illness or depression or all of those things, whatever you were feeling, in some cases it exacerbated mm-hmm. those feelings. And so you have people who are leaving because they can make more money or toxic work cultures, or you know what, I worked for two years and didn't have to put on real pants and I want a <laughs> job that I can work for my, like it's a whole myriad of things that are mm-hmm. happening. And so from the employer's side, it puts the pressure on in a different way because even if the, the environment isn't toxic, People have so many choices now mm-hmm. for where they can work and how they can work that for downtown partnership, we we need people who wanna be here. Yep. You have to be the person who wants to be a cheerleader for the city and and sometimes we gotta take stuff from people who are just having a bad day. I mean part of our team members as you introed are cleaning yep. downtown. And so you have some people who will come out and just throw so you know what I mean and so it's it's a mix of stuff that's in here and so for us it is I need to pump them up. Yeah. for them to go out and, and be able to deliver their job. And so that's a part of me pumping them up Is a part of how some of our culture starts to happen. You know, we will, we're doing a monthly recognition awards yeah. so that we can say, you know what, we appreciate you. We do it for my birthday. I came in and they had like a 360 photo booth and DJ and like we, it's a family, right? Yeah. And so for us, it's figuring out how we figure and develop and cultivate this, this family that you say, you know what, I I enjoy going there. No, not that I have to be skipping because I don't know that everybody's like, yay, let me go to work. Not that by any stretch. <laughs> but you also don't want people like, man, I got to go in again. So as much as we can do to help facilitate that kind of environment, I encourage everybody to do right now. People need the motivation. They need to be um, edified as much as they can. They need to be kind of given some some bandwidth maybe go outside and take a meeting just to do some things that now we probably didn't focus on pre-covid but we know are important to the quality of life post-covid or yeah. not even post because we're still in it but wherever we are in yeah, COVID. Yeah.
0: We're, we're in quarter we're half time, half time. okay <laughs>
1: uh,
0: yeah i i agree i think um i think one of the things that, that gets that gets lost is and, well i think i think the the note on where we're at in COVID. i think once uh, we we got to a space where it was like there's a vaccine and people are getting you know shots mm-hmm. and all of that stuff that some responses from businesses have been oh yeah back to you know status quo back to these these failed practices that were there right. and one can make the the case that for, for a year and a half we were able to work remotely and Correct. still do our jobs so Correct. where's the flexibility. Or to, to what you were touching on, I think, how do you make this, this work environment? How do we shift that? What's the new version of it? And sometimes it just takes just kind of going out of your way just to do something small. Yeah. Um, I went to, I, I work in a higher ed p- uh, place and um, the same day as we were doing graduation and it was 97 degrees. Correct. So uh, Cause I, I was
1: on the stage as a Regent of Morgan oh, during graduation. Oh, yes, yes, yes.
0: Uh, yeah, I was wearing a dark blue <laughs> polo shirt. And, uh, yeah, and uh, having way too much hair, it's just like, oh, it's just, it's just everywhere. I'm looking like right. you know, like Earl Graves. Um, <laughs> That's funny. So I, 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 went, I took a walk um, from my office down to uh, Sakurai Sucre in Fells okay. Point. And Sakurai Sucre, I can't, you know, support them enough. They're great. And uh, they have, like, this dessert art. So I was like, all right, mm. you know, let's get some tiramisu get a couple, get Jeremy right. Sweet Claire's, and I got a couple brownies. And, you know, came back with them and gave them to the leadership team.
1: I know, that they and, were appreciative.
0: And yeah, they were like, oh, this was the pick-me-up I needed. And, Correct. You know, and it was literally on a Wednesday, so the it's like things. the hump day, midday of the hump yep. day. It's like, this is that energy to finish out this week and hitting into this period. It's just these, these small things that, oh, I wasn't expecting this, but this is now a plus. I'm yep. winning for today. Yeah. And it felt good to do that because you can see people are drained um, coming back from working on a Saturday. So your weekend is already truncated, and then it's just like this was a miserable kind of correct you know, situation. All right, so here's the last question. Often, <laughs> this is a funny question. Often we hear for the culture. Yep. And I question: Is that like are we talking biology, are we talking chemistry? What are we talking here? It's like, is it a? Yeah, I don't know. Um, for you, what what does the culture mean? Like in that, that that term, and what is the culture of Baltimore
1: that's such a great question um, it's interesting because I think that Baltimore has such a mix that depending on where you sort of stand, the culture is a little bit different. I don't think that we're monolithic even mm-hmm. in culture. I think that sometimes when you say it for the culture, it's generally leaning towards you know black people and, and just the um, connectedness and uh, I don't even like to use the term kind of woke in it but there is there is a there and an experience that we share that it's almost like a nod that you know that you know right mm-hmm. and so it, it's that feeling that's even hard to articulate and put in words yeah. around where the culture is but the, but there's also this thing to Baltimore that no matter where you are black white green purple, it, it, we 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 bleed blue and orange. We bleed purple and black. And it, it, it is we love our sports teams. We love our food. We love our people in such a way that that is also our own culture, our own spoken word, our own you know all of that vibe as well. And so I think that there's a mix of both of those things. And then you go over to Little Italy, and you're gonna get a whole different you know flavor right in <laughs> there. I think I think it's it is about being. It's about um, recognizing and. Just experiencing and loving on where you are, what you represent, how you dress, yeah. um, where you where you went to high school. Where, I mean, all of those things are are part of what make us us.
0: Yeah, let's let's not forget the the orange and black. Uh, <laughs> go Orioles, go Orioles. Uh, see, I, I, see, that's a truce right there. You know, downtown, downtown. Um, I, I agree, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, so. That's kind of it for the real okay. questions. Now it's time to get like strange with these rapid-fire questions. All right. Uh, I'm going to start off with the one that feels the most professional.
1: Okay. Briefly,
0: what is your philosophy on leadership?
1: My philosophy on leadership is collaboration first. It is communication second. And it is action third.
0: Mm. Okay. CCA. Okay
1: oh I like thank you for giving me an acronym for it right
0: Uh, all right now uh, this is this is where it starts to get political weird Um, salty or sweet
1: sweet oh my god people have been saying salty a lot recently no 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 even if you do a lemon drop martini sugar rim okay (laughs) favorite movie do you know what's so crazy my favorite movie (laughs) is 48 hours and that's the craziest and I think it's it's Favor only because, and I have some like deeper ones, yeah. but it makes me laugh in such a way that I just, I just feel good.
0: <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. Um, so this, this one is always, this is, this is kind of the metric for, and I, and I had, uh, I think Devin Allen gave me a really interesting okay. answer to this one. Baltimore or Be More?
1: Oh, mm, that's a good one. Uh-huh. I'm gonna go with Be More. Okay. I'm gonna yeah. go with B-more. And you know why? Because I feel like it is us. Like it, it, it is a truncated, give a little flair mm-hmm. to the word. You know, we're not gonna spend the time saying a whole of anything. I'm gonna rep it, <laughs> I'm not gonna represent it, so I'm gonna go with B-more.
0: Like it's just like over east. It's like you yeah. added an A and dropped the E-R. <laughs> right, that's, right,
1: that's right. over east, east. <laughs> that's it, right. uh,
0: This is lastly, um, what is your most commonly used emoji?
1: Oh, my God. You know which one? It's the one that that has the three hearts around it. Okay. I love that. I don't even know what it means. It just makes me happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's like swooning or something, right? Uh- oh,
1: my God. So everybody thinks I'm... Okay. Thank you. <laughs>
0: and I mean, those recent, uh, those recent additions to, to Apple's emojis. Yes. The one that has like just someone doing this as a half a face or the dotted smiling face. It's like, that's an outline. That's me most of the time now. <laughs> it's like, eh, I might not really be there, but I'm smiling. I'm supporting you.
1: you. You know what you say that? Cause I've even given people in person, the emoji, you know, where the hands are to the side, like, I don't a, know, a, like a shrug, whatever, yeah. shrug, I shrug, I do that one as well.
0: So that's pretty much it for for today's interview. But um, I'm one to one. Thank you for inviting thank me you. here. Thank you for being on the interview. And uh, two, I want to encourage and invite you to uh, tell folks where to check everything out. The happenings here at the downtown partnership of Baltimore.
1: Yes. Yeah, so please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. Um, I encourage everybody to video. we're on Twitter, Instagram, um, LinkedIn, Facebook. We're all of those places. But you can get those handles from our website to go downtown. Baltimore.com
0: So there you have it folks I want to again Thank Shalonda Stokes For coming on To the podcast And I'm Rob Lee Saying there is A culture Baltimore Everywhere You just gotta look for it